Hi everybody, I'm Ethan Hardy. I hope you're as excited as I am for what's coming up on TKD StarCast. For episode six, it's Cho time. We'll be chatting with Muhammad Cho. He's a heavyweight fighter, high strength achieved, world number three, Olympian, world medalist, two-time Grand Prix champion, and multiple-time International Open champion. Cho, thanks so much for being on StarCast. My pleasure. Some of the food you eat looks amazing. What's your favorite (laughs) dish? (laughs) Good question. My favorite dish. Oh, you put me on the spot here. Um, there's couple, there's couple, there's couple of dishes. One is an African dish. It's called um, peanut butter stew. Uh, I think a lot, of, yeah, Peter, a lot of people will be thinking, right? How does that work? Peanut butter stew is basically like making a casserole. But when you're making a casserole, you just put the peanut butter in there with the seasoning and the flavor, and it comes out. And you can put it with the rice, or you can eat it with bread. And um, yeah, that's one of my uh, one of one of the dishes that I love to eat. And uh, the other one is my Mrs. Bagbo. When she makes it, it comes out quite well. Um, with meatballs, uh, they're, quite, they're quite nice. Uh, she does it with a bit of um, garlic bread. Don't tell her this, by the way, because I have not told her this, so she doesn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but the Spagbo is very nice. I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the background just now. Oh. Is she? She was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good, right? <laughs> I thought you was doing something. I was, but I heard you say my cooking was good, so I had to give a thumbs up to Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, so peanut butter stew and my missus is back bowl. They'll be the two. Wow, that must be good. Yeah, it is. How about your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert? Um... I'm not big on dessert, but if I have to choose one, it would be uh, apple crumble. Oh, that's apple crumble with custard and cream. Uh, not by itself, so I'm going to have that. Or I would definitely go for, is it sticky toffee pudding? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for that. They'll be my two main dessert. Yeah, but if I have to put one in front of the other, I might have to go with sticky toffee pudding yeah i have to go with that with my number one choice yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) you have a really unique childhood history would you mind sharing some of that yeah so i was born in the ivory coast west africa um went to arabic school i started there and uh but while i was in arabic school i was also learning to speak french at the same time at the age of eight years old was when I came to England. So when I came to England, I did not know what the weather condition was like in England because I'm always used to heat. I'm used to being hot. I'm used to 20, 28, 30 degrees. And then came to England in winter time, and it was not what I thought. Uh, we need to wear jackets here, hats and gloves. <laughs> um, so, these was the, so these was the thing I had to get used to uh, at a young age when I came to, when I came to England. But um, it was hard at the beginning. Uh, as a youngster, I had to learn the language, learn the culture, uh, learn the new, uh, a, complete, a complete different way of life as well. Um, I was getting bullied at the same time when I was young. Uh, people didn't understand me. I didn't understand them. 
Um, so it's very, it was very hard as a youngster. But um, as time went on, uh, I, I grew to make friends. Uh, I grew to understand the language. And um, I grew to use even the simplest thing. For instance, I learned how to use a scissors because I never knew I never knew how to use scissors back in back in back in Africa. And yeah. um, I'll tell you a little story. By the way, there was a time when I was in when I was in primary school. This was in Kennington. So what happened was our teacher gave us this project. So we had to not only colour in this gingerbread guy, but we had to cut it and present it at the end of class. So they asked me. And, uh, and, I, and I volunteered and I said, yes, I would love to. But what happened was they gave us these scissors that I didn't even know how to use. So what, so what we have is a red top head scissors, which you can just cut the paper normally. And you have the silver head. The silver head, you've got to control and cut the paper. If you don't control, you keep missing it every single time. So they gave me the silver head and I kept missing my paper. I, couldn't, I could not cut it. The teacher came, took the paper, took the scissors and started cutting it around and showing me how to use it. Now, once she showed me and she went away, I started trying to do it myself, but it was not working. So I got frustrated. Um, I was given 15 minutes to do it. I needed to do it quick, fast. So not only I needed to color it in, I needed to cut it in time and present it. And as a Taekwondo mindset, I just had to make sure this gets done. So do you know the only way I had to cut that because I didn't know how to use the scissors? I used my teeth to cut round this gingerbread guy. I bit round the gingerbread guy all the way around it, colored it in as quickly as possible. And I was very proud to show my gingerbread guy in front of everyone, it was wet, it had zigzag around it, it was not lined up at all. And the teacher asked me, he said, Cho, how did you, how did you do this? And I said to them, I said, well, I used my teeth because I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't use the scissors, I didn't know how to use them. And um, so everyone was laughing at me and then people find me weird. I thought I was, I was awkward, different to everybody else, but I didn't care. I didn't care. All I wanted was to make sure the job gets done. And at the end of the day, that's what happened. So, yeah, so I had to learn these small little things when I came to England, but I grew to love it. Um, I, had a, I had a stepbrother, David, who helped me as well to learn to speak the language. So he was always by my side. And um, yeah, and never since then, we just grew from that, really. Cool. Yeah. What made you start Taekwondo? Taekwondo is a family heritage. Uh, my father is the person who taught me that, what Taekwondo was at the beginning. Um, due to being bullied at school, um, he didn't want to teach me Taekwondo because he thought I was going to use it at school. Mind you, at the time, if he did teach me that, I would have because I had a vengeance of a list of people that I wanted to be up when I was back at school days. Uh, the list of people that I just wanted to tackle every day because I used to get bullied so much. So instead of teaching me in Taekwondo, he taught me the discipline of what Taekwondo was at the beginning. Um, he taught me the art and attribute and how it can help me to diffuse the problem that I was having at school. So it started from the base of how to communicate, of how to talk to people, how to respect, uh, how to respect elders, how to be able to diffuse problem if it comes to you. Walk away, don't chat back, accept it, say thank you, and just turn your back from the problem. Do not face it. So these are the things that he taught me from the beginning. And then when I, must, when, I, when I was able to master that, then he pushed me on to use uh, how to learn to kick and how to be able to self-defense myself. And then, but before I even start kicking, I didn't have any problems anymore because I started making friends. I started diffusing more problems. I was more or less a team, but I was more or less a team player. I used to get everybody around together. 
And this is the way my dad taught me. And then when Taekwondo came in, when the real aspect of kicking and blocking and punching came in, I enjoyed it even much more to the point where I didn't think I needed to use it to the point I didn't even need to go for the vengeance list. So I had to scrub it up, throw it away and then restart again. Yeah. Yeah. How did you work up to be at your top level? Um, so, so I remember, so at the age of 16, I remember leaving home, uh, coming to Manchester because that's where the headquarter was, this is where the team was. So at the time, we had the likes of Craig Brown, uh, Sarah Stevenson, uh, Aaron Cook, uh, Bianca was there as well at the beginning. Um, so we had the likes of David as well, who were our, should we say, the, the generation of the Taekwondo started in, in, in Great Britain. So these was our stars, shall we say, when, we, uh, when I came in at the age of 16. And um, so I was invited for two weeks and uh, for a training camp with them. This was after nationals, when I won the nationals in, 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 uh, in England. So once I was invited, I got invited, I did two weeks. Now my first impression to the team was a game of dodgeball. Would you believe that? It wasn't kicking, it wasn't, it wasn't how fast I was, it wasn't how dynamic I was, it was how I played dodgeball which is probably the funniest thing ever. And so basically I came into the gym. Now I was raw as ever. I'm, I've, I've never seemed to be the person to, to do things the same way as everybody else. I'm always different to everybody else. Always looking to do something different. Now that might be weird, but that's who I've always been. So what happened, I came into the gym, we started warming up and they split us up. The one team has the ball, the other one doesn't. And Nelson Miller, who's the Cuban coach, uh, who's still here till today, a phenomenal coach of mine. He helped me uh, for a very long time, still till today. He was the team uh, coach and the team leader of the, of the program for GB Taekwondo at the time. So I came in, was playing dodgeball, and I was literally in the gym, waving, dodging everything. Anybody that came, I was just down, gone, gone. I could not get touched. To the point I was the last man stun standing. I was just there, moving, 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 running, pulling, blocking, anything, just bam, get away. And then my coach cornered me up against the wall with these big handle bits. When you see Nelson, Nelson is a big, strong guy. When he picks up a ball, it looks like he's about to, to, to pop the ball with his one hand. That's how, that's how big his hand was. So he picked up this ball and he was literally looking at me to throw the ball. And as he tried to fake, I dodged, but then he didn't throw. And when he threw again, I went into the splits. So I did the splits to avoid that. Got up. This was like Michael Jackson style. Got up and then run away. Everyone in the gym was like, oh, you can't do that to the coach. I was like, oh, don't start screaming because he's going to start tackling me. You don't want this. But that was my first impression in GB Taekwondo. And ever since then, I just literally started enhancing other people, learning from different people. I started approaching everyone that was in the gym to learn from different people. They'll, they'll give me advices, what, what I need to do, how I can develop my skills even much better. But it was that instant of getting to, to the gym and just being me, uh, not, not trying to copy anybody, not trying to, uh, shall we say, uh, emulate anyone that, that style-wise, I wanted to emulate me, I wanted to be me, I wanted to fight my way and understand what I can do. So from there, really, it was what uh, made me who I am today. So when I go into the gym, 
the, the first thing I tell myself is to be a sponge. Reason being, when I say be a sponge, a sponge absorbs everything. When you absorb everything, you tend to be open to anything. So you don't limit yourself. You're open. So when you're open, you tend to take a lot of information from a lot of people. And with that, you use it to your own, uh, to your own structure. How are you going to conduct yourself? How are you going to train? How are you going to mold yourself? How are you going to be able to use it when you go in the ring? So this is what I'm like when I go in the gym. So there's certain things I'm not good at, but I will do it. And the reason why I would do it was because later on it might help me to fight with that, uh, with that skill or attribute. So with that, I need to be open-minded when I go into the gym. And when I get into tournaments, tournaments are something that probably helps me to be able to enhance my skills. So anything that I trade, anything that I learn, anything that I'll be able to pick up, I must try it when I'm in the ring. Because if I don't, it's a waste of going to training. So these are the reason, it, it, these are the reason behind of why um, should we say why I'm here, still here till today? Um, because I think if I change the aspect of thinking, results won't come the way that you want. The, the, my enjoyment of the sport probably might not be the same. So that is probably the, the, the biggest factor that makes me successful in what I do. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you think you'd have for athletes who are thinking of fighting for another country? Athletes who are thinking about fighting for another con uh, country. Um, it helps. It definitely helps. Uh, mind you, I did fight for the French team for a couple, uh, couple of years before coming back to GB. And I have to say it helped me quite a lot. Um, reason being, different countries have different um, attributes. Different countries have different way of training. Different countries have different mentality and mindset. So um, learning is, is continuous. It never stops. It doesn't matter whether if you have a degree, whether you have a a master or anything, learning never stops. It always keeps going. Um, right now, even your parents, till today, they're still learning. They'll still be able to pick up things. So it's not because it's not because they have everything that they want today, but they can still pick up new things. So learning never stops. So in different countries, you'll always pick up new things. And if you choose to go to another country, know that you will pick up something that probably might benefit you. But like I said, again, if you do do that, you go to another country, gotta be open-minded so for the two years of me being in France helped me reason being was because the French mentality was completely different it was all about being together it was all about the training together it was all about giving everything together and it was it was because of that bond it was because of that training aspect and also the numbers of fighters that we had in each weight categories made us even much better so every day when we came in the gym you imagine there was at least five heavyweights there five heavyweights ready training every single day the challenge just keeps elevating and elevating and elevating and every single time we come in the competition between us was high even before you even come into the gym you can smell the adrenaline before you even get in that's how competitive it was in that gym and when you have a, when you have a number of people like that and you're amongst people who are the best believe me you will succeed. You will definitely strive to become whatever you want to be because you surround yourself with the best people. And those people are going to give you hell when you come into the gym. And that's what you want. If you don't have that, then know that you need to get it. You need to find it. So, um, so yeah, so the two years being in, in GB Taekwondo, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the two years being in France definitely helped me for when I came back because when I came back from France, um, I, uh, I was in GB, I came back in 2013, 
2013, we had our first ever Grand Prix uh, in, in Manchester. And yeah. at the time, there was the question of, is Cho going to be as good as what he was when he's France? Is he going to be able to, to carry on the success that he was doing before? Or are we going to see a difference? So there's all this question, attributes and stuff. And and this stuff was lingering around my head. However, it was because of giving me the wild card for the Grand Prix in Manchester was where I could say my career really kicked off. So you imagine at the age of 16, I came into a national team, left when I was 21. By that time, I wasn't even in the ranking. So 21 left to go to France, come back from France at the age of 24. And by the time I was 26, I was not even still in the ranking. So 26 years old, I was given the wild card and a wild card for Manchester Grand Prix, won that, got 80 points, and that put me straight into the top 32. And that allowed me to carry on to represent GB in the Grand Prix automatically for selection. That is where my career kicked off. So you imagine, so you imagine if anybody comes to say, oh, they need to build since young, young, no, they don't. You can be in your mid-20s or whatnot, and when you start, it's about the determination and what opportunities get given to you, just go take it. And so really and truly, I can only say in my career, really kicked off at the age, uh, at the age of 26, should we say. Wow. Yeah. If you hadn't done Taekwondo, have you would have gone for another sport? I was football. I was playing football before, well, where the American calls it soccer. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I was playing semi-professional uh, before I had to choose between the two sports. So I had to choose oh, yeah. between taekwondo and, 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 and soccer, shall we say, before I say football. But, um, but I made the choice, basically I made a choice um, based on of who I wanted to be. Um, as a football player, it's great, it's amazing. Uh, you earn lots of money. You get to play with a bunch of lads, you get to enjoy yourself, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing job to have. Uh, taekwondo is completely different. It's more respect. It's more about respect. It's more about being humble. It's more about being grounded. It's more about um, uh, introducing to different, different lands of different countries, different tournaments, different cultures. So you're mixing with people and, and you're getting to learn from different people. And um, my culture, where I come from, is that that's what. Um, ties me into that's what makes me who i am so so it was an easy choice for me really so taekwondo was something that's that it's, it's, it's dear to my heart um it's, it's dear to my father's heart and to my family as well so um so i've always wanted to become i always wanted to do what my father did at least or if i can do better than my father then that'll be an achievement in itself and um so i've always wanted to take that skill um, elsewhere, so if I, I think if it wasn't for if it wasn't Taekwondo, I'd probably be playing football. Wow. Yeah. Who was your idol when you were a kid? Who was my idol when I was a kid? Um, I had different philosophers, to be honest with you. Growing up, um, the story of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was one of them. Um, he was probably his story was probably one of the biggest factor for me. Um, I have to say the way that he conducted himself, how he dealt with different issues. It was almost like the idealistic way of how a champion should be, really. Uh, the struggles he had to go through uh, to actually, uh, should we say, conquer 
uh, Mecca was like probably one of the biggest um, thing in the storyline of Islam. So for me, I would say I, I would say if if there's any type of characteristic I want to bring into what I do, um, I would I would like to have at least a minimum of his way of being. Mm. Not easy if you do read about if you do read about his way of being, but he definitely will be one of my biggest characters and one of my idols. Wow. Yeah. Is there a special person who helped you succeed? Um, a special person. I would. My father would probably be the more predominant person. Um, I think growing up he was very strict. Um, I'm sure you know what that. I'm sure you know what that's about. <laughs> but um, my father was very very strict. He always told us um, how to be, how to act, how to respond. Um, and we always had rules and relegation. So without rules and relegation, um, I don't think you'll be able to be a, shall we say, a, a stable, well-conducted human being. So for us, those rules were what shaped us, if anything. And um, I think if, if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for what he, what he put forward for us as youngsters, we probably would not be in this position today. So yes, yeah, so if there's any special person I have to mention that helped me, it's, it's my dad. Wow. Do you have like a routine before a tournament? A routine? Um, I wouldn't say I have a routine, but if there's something that I, I repeat quite a lot, it's probably um, I tend to pray before before I go on the mat. Uh, it's, it's, it's obligatory for me. Uh, I think it's probably one of the biggest thing so I tend to repeat that quite a lot so so for me there's three attributes of being an elite athlete this is mine I don't know if it's anybody else but for me there's three attributes and the attributes are being mentally strong physically and spiritually those three have a balance and if you can conduct those three in the right way then body mind and spirit should be able to guide you in anything that you do and I think those three are probably the biggest thing for me if one of them if one of them is not in the same level as the others, then in my mind, it's, you're not prepared. So you need to be preparing those three on a regular basis. You need to be able to make sure it's conducted as a routine for you. So yes, yeah, so I would definitely say um, uh, if there's anything that I tend to, if there's a routine for me, I would say they're the three things I tend to focus on a lot. Wow. Yeah. Have you got a routine? Um. Not really. Like I just like prep. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any small thing that you tend to do before you go on the mat? Um, not really. No, you just get in there and just kick ass. <laughs> I just uh, I think in my mind uh, I'm gonna win. So. Well, I think I might start doing that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, what's your other question? Um, I have a lot, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Go uh, for it. How do you handle injuries? How do I handle injuries? Very good questions. Right. There's a professional way of handling an injury, and there's Showtime's way of, of dealing with injuries. The professional way of dealing with injuries, I would definitely say listen to your doctors and your physios on what they say to you because they probably know what they probably know what needs to be done straight away if you are injured. And 
try to follow the rules and relegation of what they give you. So regarding rehab, regarding strengthening, regarding nutrition, uh, regarding recovery, because they will know what's the protocol uh, for every injury, especially in our sport. Um, the showtime way of dealing with injury is completely opposite. Now, when I tend to be injured, I tend to listen to my body more than anything else. I've always believed that my body is different to everybody else. And I always believe the healing procedure is different to everybody else. Some people heal faster. Some people take time. And some people just don't know. Um, so I've been in this game for a very long time now. I'll say professionally, it's been about 10 years that I've been in this game. Um, so I know uh, how my body reacts to certain things. You know what I mean? So for instance, if... You know, if you overdo it with the chocolate, you know your belly is going to start hurting you, right? You know, if you eat a certain things, you might have a certain reaction, right? Yeah. So, so you know your body from what you eat and what you need to do. So for me, similar. So when I get injured, I tend to listen to the signals or any type of symptoms that I have. Now, for um, I had uh, an Achilles, like I ruptured my Achilles uh, last year completely so I ruptured that and um and i mentioned it in my in my instagram story they told me it's going to take me a year they said it's going to take a year for full healing and also a bit more before you can get back to where you're supposed to be that's what i was told now cho being cho talking as a third person i did not listen to that now for me it was completely different because if i did listen to that then i'll, I'll still be sitting here and probably I've not done all tournament as yet. But I had another idea. My mind frame was to collaborate with the doctors of their ideas and thought, and at the same time to see what my body was telling me. So each day was almost telling me, <laughs> what can I, bless you. <laughs> so each day got told what I need to, what, what I think I can do. So what I tend to do, I used to, I used to hide to go into the gym and do small bits, you know, just do small bits. It might be going into the gym and try to walk a little bit better, you know, without the swagger where I'm limping. And then it will be each day I'll go in and try and do a bit of core work. Each day I'll go in, I'll go on a treadmill to see whether if I can be able to run just a little bit. If I can't, then I'll go into the cross trainer. And if the cross trainer is not doing it, I try to go into the skier. If the skier is not doing it, can I sit down and do a bit of boxing? And if the boxing is still hurting, then I'll find something that I'm able to do rather than sitting at home and letting the heal by myself. Because the healing procedure works differently. Sometimes by sweating, sometimes by the way of pushing and putting load into that area, tends to make a recovery a little bit more quicker. So, if, so, for, so for me, it's, it's, it's very important that I don't allow uh, the doctors to lead my recovery or how I should be recovering. Um, so for me, it's very important of how I lead it myself. I will listen and I will accept what you're saying, but know that while I'm there listening to you, I have other ideas. And that, and if, if, if it's not shared with the doctor, then you want to have no comprehension. You need to understand each other and be able to work together. So I, I can tell you a lot of doctors, a lot of physios in our country, they are worried when they come towards to me because in their frame of mind, they know that I'm not going to follow their, re their relegation. They know that I have my own plan. And at the same time, they know that um, anything that they're going to say to me is going to be questioned. It's going to be challenged. And that, that is what I've always, always done. However, however, 
any challenges that I gave to the doctors or physio has always benefited me. The reason why in my sport, I am the fastest healing athlete to date. There's no one that heals more faster than what I do. And the only reason, because there's one, like I said to you, spiritually, you gotta be on it. Mentally, you gotta be on it. Physically, you gotta be on it. And if you're not, then know that your injury can prolong. And that is how I deal with it. So for you, go with a professional. Don't go with a showtime, all right? Go with a professional way for now until you become of age, then you can do that. But for now, just follow the professional. Agreed? Agreed. That'll be a secret between you and me, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you, like, uh, what do you do in your free time to relax? My free time to relax? Um... Well, I'm usually, I love being at home. Um, I love watching films. I love watching Netflix. I like going to the movies. I like uh, exploring uh, different restaurants. Um, and also, um, my partner, she's, she, 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 I thought I was a clown, but she's probably the biggest clown as well. So she tends to occupy my time quite a lot. So we tend to explore uh, quite a bit in my free time. Um, I like to go home uh, to see my parents from time to time. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm always always about doing different things. And sometimes I get called up for a seminar or I'll go for an appearance and go and see youngsters and trying to motivate them and stuff. So I do enjoy doing different things um, in my spare time. <coughs> like, um, what is your favorite accomplishment? My favorite accomplishment? Oh, that's a very good question. I actually thought about this one. Um, my favorite accomplishment. Um, it, it, this has to be sport related or in life? Just anything. In anything. I would say my favorite accomplishment um, was actually finding a love of my life, um, to be honest. Um, I think there's nothing more important than having somebody that you can love that supports you in what you do. I think that gives you, it gives you a lot of, a lot of strength, a lot of boost in what you do. Um, and, I, and, and for me, and for me, it's probably one of the biggest things that's given me a lot of strength to today. And um, you're too young for that yet. So you better wait. All right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but the support that you get from your loved ones are probably the biggest accomplishment for me yeah does that answer your question yeah good (laughs) (laughs) my mom's crying in the background hey (laughs) mom's laughing (laughs) no crying she's crying (laughs) oh tell her don't tell her to stop otherwise she's gonna start me crying What advice would you give to young athletes who look up to you? Um, I'll definitely say be open-minded. Um, uh, be like a bird. Fly your way into any direction. Learn from different people. Observe um, and take in and listen to different people. Even those who have, uh, if those, even those that have less of a belt than you, 
So don't think because you're a black belt that you can't learn from a blue, yellow, or red belt. Know that they can probably teach you something. So it's not about because of being high that you need to look for the highest person, but also those below you, you can learn from too. So just be open-minded and make sure that your every single training that you do means something. Don't go into training just to survive or try to see what you can get out of the training. Go into the training session and learn something different, learn something new, and, um, and always come out of your comfort zone. Don't stay in your comfort zone because if you stay in your comfort zone, you and I know what's going to happen. So, so make sure you come out of your comfort zone and always, always challenge yourself against the best. If you have the best person in front of you who's going to push you, put that person in front of you in training session. I think that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Because if you go into the classroom and you go and say, oh, um, I'm going to train against somebody who I beat up every single day, great. But you're not going to learn anything. What you want is those big boys, those who are stronger, those you know they're going to kick you. Those are the people you want to stand there. And if you know they're going to kick you in the head multiple times because they're good at that and they're big and stronger than you, stand in front of them because that's what's going to make you stronger. It ain't going to kill you. It's going to make you stronger. Now, I'll tell you a little story real quickly, right? When I was your age, every Wednesday, when I used to go train with my dad, I used to call it Doomsday. You know why I used to call it Doomsday? was because there was this guy, um, his name is Zohib. He was a black belt, and I was a green belt at the time. And every Wednesday when we go in there, we used to spar, and he used to beat me day and night. I used to get kicked up. I came in, he was doubling me. He was back kicking. He was chopping me in the head reverse. You name it, I was a bob for him. That's what I was, basically. And every Wednesday was doomsday. And I used to hate it. I used to hate it so much to the point where I used to just want to call in sick. I, you know, I, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this sport anymore. But every Wednesday I used to go in. And, and each Wednesday, I can see myself getting better. I can see myself getting better. I can see myself giving me a bit more challenge. I can see myself growing a little bit more. And if my father stopped me from the day I was telling him, I don't want to do this no more, I want to know where could have got to but because I was in front of somebody who was constantly giving me that challenge to the point where when you come off of age and you grow up a little bit more you become a little bit more wiser you start thinking a little bit more what can I do differently these are the things you need to be doing you need to go back home after training with the thoughts in your mind of what can I do different next time when I fight against him because if I fight the same way he's just gonna kick me in the head so I can't allow that so I need to fight differently I need to find something that I can do what's his weaknesses what does he do wrong? Does he have the left leg forward or the right leg forward? These are the things you need to be thinking about against those who you know are stronger than you because that's what's going to make you better. And if you're thinking in that way, trust me, you are way ahead of all your opponent. So for youngsters, I definitely, definitely recommend them to make sure they do that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah? What advice would you give to, like, parents? Parents? Um... What advice would I give to parents? I, I, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't know. What can I say? <laughs> Is my dad and mom going to see this? <laughs> um, advice I would give to parents for young athletes. Um, I would definitely say as if there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Uh, we're making sure that you, uh, that the athlete gets what they need, but at the same time, they need to obey rules. 
I think rules are what makes us. It's very important. If you don't have rules, it's almost like you're living in a jungle, basically. And we don't live in a jungle, do we? So, so we got to have rules. Uh, learning to follow rules and orders makes you a, res uh, makes you a respectable person. Um, because if you learn how to follow rules, you will become a respectable person in the way that you work with people, in the way that you respect people, in the way that you are going to be as a young, as a young person. And when you grow up, those rules are going to form you into becoming a better attribute of yourself. So I always say to parents to always make sure they have rules for the youngsters. And at the same time, don't spoil them, but you can reward them for when they do something good from time to time. Uh, because rewarding them makes them want to do more, uh, makes them want to be able to fulfill and be able to achieve more. So, and, um, and lastly, uh, always give them objectives. Give them objectives because, and as the objective gets more and more, make it even more challenging for them because uh, achieving objectives allow you to make you think about what you want in life, how you're going to be able to get it, what do you need to do. I think that, that keeps you busy. Um, and, um, and regarding, regarding the gaming wise, I would say less on the PlayStation and more activity. I would definitely say that I think today our youngsters are, are in the control of playing games and, and, you know, computer games and all of that. I know the Fortnite's kicking off, the FIFA's kicking off and all of that is happening. But you don't. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So for anyone watching this, definitely less of a game. You can, but you can play, you can enjoy yourself, but know that you could be learning much more uh, from being outside and being in the outdoors, most definitely. So, um, so yeah, so, so yeah, if I had to advise any parents, I think that's what I would say. What's the one thing you would like to be remembered for most? One thing I would like to be remembered for. Oh, you came out with, you thought about these questions, haven't you? <laughs> hey? I've had them pre-written uh, for yeah, all the circuit. Yeah, no. Um, to be remembered. So if I wanted to be remembered, um, I will. I would love to be remembered as somebody who's fair, kind, and generous. Um, yeah. If I if if I want someone to be remembered, that's how kind, fair, and generous. That's what I would love to be remembered as. Yeah. Is, that, is that good? Is that good enough? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You are. <laughs> Fantastic. How would you How would you like to be remembered as? Uh, I don't know yet. You don't know yet. Well, yeah. what's the one thing? If like someone said, if someone just mentioned your name, what do you think you want to spring to their mind straight away? That right now. Uh, probably uh maybe indomitable spirit. Oh my guy gonna have to bluetooth me that high five <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> who is your favorite superhero my favorite superhero i had quite a few actually i had hercules uh do you remember um the three musketeers yeah we had them uh superman um what was the other one that i used to follow as a youngster I used to watch the Power Rangers quite a lot when I was a youngster as well. Um, the Black Power Rangers will be, the, will be the character I would love to be um, if I was ever a Power Ranger. And um, 
And there's one thing, there's one thing about the, incre- the Incredible Hulk I love. Even though it gets angry and just wants to smash everything, I just <laughs> like how it just gets big and dominates everybody, you know. Um, there was a scene in, in Avengers, I don't know which, which Avengers, where Loki um, was looking at the Hulk and all of a sudden he said to the Hulk, he said, you can't do this to me. And then Hulk got upset and he just literally just banged him from side to side. <laughs> Here. What's your favorite football club? I'm a Liverpool fan. Big, big Liverpool fan. Um, so when I came so when I came from the Ivory Coast, my brother was in my United and my mum and dad were supporting Arsenal at the time. So um I kind of felt like uh, I had to choose between one of the two. So I decided to go. I decided to go with my United, but secretly on Saturdays when the football matches come on, they tend to show all the results of other teams, and I used to secretly watch Liverpool without telling anybody that I love Liverpool. So till one day, my mom said, "Right, she's gonna decorate." Because I used to share my bedroom with my, my my older brother. So my mom said she's gonna decorate our bedroom, my United with my United lamppost, my United kilt court cover bedding so it's going to be united everywhere and inside i was like oh god i don't think i want this <laughs> so i was quite scared to tell my mom that actually i don't like united i like liverpool um so i had to break it to them so um so literally my mom my mom was like oh it's gonna be exciting you're gonna get united everyone's like mom actually i'm a liverpool fan and she was shocked she was like oh how how is this happening? We never knew you was a Liverpool fan. How 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 do we how is it that we know now that you're a Liverpool fan? And um, I, I I said that secretly I was just supporting them. I just didn't want to hurt anyone's feeling. So my poor mum literally decorated our bedroom half United and half Liverpool. So in our bedroom was literally um, a line in the middle of decoration. So just one side of the bedroom was United, and the other side was Liverpool. That's how amazing my mum was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so ever since then I've just been a Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you go, if you could go anywhere in the world you haven't been, where would it be? If I had to go anywhere in the world, where you haven't been, where I haven't been, um, I've always wanted to go to the Maldives. Um, so I've never been there yet. And the reason why is um, I find it amazing. Uh, I think the 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 scenery and what I've seen online, by the way, looks amazing to go to. So, um, so I, 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 so I've definitely persuaded the missus. So hopefully we're going to be going there for our, our honeymoon. So hopefully she, I hope she's going to be rich by then. So because I'm not looking to go to one of those hotels, I'm looking to go for the creme dollar creme. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So I think she'll be paying for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the one question I've got to ask you. What's the most important for an athlete? Is it A, training, or B, understanding the environment? I'd have to say B. B, why? Um, because like if you understand your environment and stuff, then you get <laughs> to like really know who you are and stuff. My guy. Now that is probably the smartest thing I've heard from any, any youngster of your age. Normally people will go for training. So already it shows that you have an open mind, which, which you need in this sport. 
in anything that you do, in fact, in anything that you do, always be 10 steps ahead of your opponent. Always look to do completely different to everybody else. Don't do the same. Be you. Be your own identity. Be who you want to be. The most important thing is when you step into the ring or when you step into the training, you have your style. You have your way of training. You have your technique. You have your mindset. You have your own spiritual indominus when you get into your training habits. So these are the things you need to enhance every single day. Learn from everybody else, but make it your own. Make it your own. Yeah? It's the most important thing. Thanks so much for being on StarCast Show. I really oh, appreciate yeah. you making the time. And I know our listeners will love hearing your advice and your story. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. I'm Ethan Hardy, signing out with the StarCast. Do you have a hidden talent? A hidden talent? Do I have a hidden talent? <laughs> you make me think about this one. <laughs> um, do I have a hidden talent? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say it's a talent, but I can make my lip into a shape of a heart. Really? That, yeah. Well, I'll come close and see what I can do. I'm going to Wow. Is that good enough? Yeah. Is that what? Does that, does that look like a heart? Yeah, it does. Okay. Nailed it. That's my hidden talent. So <laughs> anybody can do that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my hidden talent. <laughs> so, if, so if anybody out there is looking for somebody who can probably draw him a face of a heart of a lip for Valentine's Day, tell them to call me. Um, I won't charge them, we'll be free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>